Welcome to Buried Cinema. Uh, <laughs> Let's do that voice. Wow. Sorry. Oh. All right. Let's do this again. Hang on. Welcome to Buried Cinema. Welcome to Buried Cinema, where we discuss the podcast where we discuss, the podcast where we discuss, discuss new and lesser known films in detail. Yeah, yeah. So it's that very, the, the first word after that. I'm like, is it the podcast? A podcast? Where? Where? Welcome to Buried Cinema, a telegram that we sent out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you can just skip the whole podcast. Yeah. I mean, if you know, you're listening to it, obviously, choice. it's a podcast. Yeah, you know, it's a podcast. Cinema, a podcast where we discuss new and lesser-known films in detail, so there will be spoilers. I'm Kevin. I'm Steve. I'm Patrick. I'm Nate. I'm Tom. <laughs> this month on our well-organized podcast, we're going to be talking about WTF war movies. Uh, I had the pick. Patrick had the pairing. Uh, we're going to start off with Jacob's Ladder, uh, 1990 Tim Robbins, and conclude with... Uh, Waltz with Bashir, a 2000-ish uh, animated retelling of one man's viewpoint on the massacre in Beirut. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. That was, yeah. That was surprisingly concise. Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to read my synopsis that I sent to Stephen days ago, um, not earlier this evening. So, uh, for Jacob's Ladder, uh, in this 1980s post-Vietnam military drama, Jacob Singer, played by Tim Robbins, has flashbacks of his past and visions of his potential future in his last few hours after being fatally wounded by friendly fire. The director leads you down a psychotropic rabbit hole with implications that our own government experimented on servicemen during the conflict to gain any advantage. Be prepared for a twisted look at the hippocampus. <laughs> so, what does that mean? You wrote it. Yeah. So, no, it's the movie takes place. The first time I saw this movie, I was very young, and and I was very naive in really watching and understanding movies. Um, they were an escape for me. I didn't go to think; I went to forget. So. Watching this, if it came out in 90, 1990, I would have seen it in 1990, 91 time frame. So I would have been 17 or 18 years old. Um, for this type of movie, I think still very adolescent. Uh, as I so eloquent, eloquently wrote, and now I can't speak, um, the, the whole premise of the movie takes place in the last few hours of uh, Jacob Singer's life um, after he's been bayoneted by uh, a fellow serviceman. Um, because as you learn more towards the very, I think you learn more towards the very end of the film. It's, that's one of the areas where I'm like, how does he know this? We'll get to that. Um, possibly their platoon, their, their unit, um, was experimented on by the United States government with psychotropic drugs, uh, put into their food supply. And as a result, made them go uh, to their caveman-like aggression and anger and instead of as the government hoped they would focus it on the enemy they just focused it on whatever was around them uh, and in this case it happened to be their own service uh, men 
So uh, the, the movie goes in and out of, I think, Jacob having flashbacks to his life leading up to his point when he's in Vietnam. But then at times it seems like he's looking forward at what his life could be. There are a lot of very disturbing scenes in this movie um, that I don't know if existed before this, but I have seen repeated time and time again since then. Uh, and just the style and the way some of the the grotesque things they're showing you, and not grotesque from the point. Specifically, the uh, disturbing way that the certain figures would shake their head in a very sped up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 been imitated a lot. Yeah. And and as far as I know, this is the first time that that was done. And it freaked the shit out. Pretty sure this is where this. Yeah, it's freaky. Yeah. I'm curious to to hear what you guys have to say about it. Um, Nate, you said uh, previously that you had seen this before. I had seen this before. I had seen go. this in uh, in college. This was the one of like two films that been recommended recommended me by my freshman roommate. Um, and he yeah, just let me guess. The other one was Boondock Saints. It was. <laughs> 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 this and Boondock Saints. Uh, I didn't want to bring it up, but <laughs> it totally was. But this was, so, and I didn't know like what the hell to expect. And um, you know, I mean, he recommended Boondock Saints, so we know he had good taste. In <laughs> but this was this was a mind trip when I watched this. I'm and it, I I hadn't seen it since, and it was so I was curious if it would still hold up. I couldn't remember everything. I just remember it being really disturbing. And I think what's so impressive about it is sometimes with um it's really rare to find an older horror movie that can still truly disturb you um psychologically and like physically that can really still get to you and i think this does that in so many different ways and it's a lot of the physical effects and how uh adrian lynn builds up the tension with just quick little shots like the shot of him on the subway with the tail pulling out from below the man who's sleeping yeah yeah. And pulling and back in. It's all it's all in camera, which I, I really miss this kind of filmmaking. Yeah. But it also leaves you it sends you on the same journey that he goes on. You don't know what is real and what isn't, right? Because then it'll switch back to like as if he's still with his wife and then cut back to this moment and you start wondering if he's even in purgatory, if he's in hell, or where is he? You know, um and some of the images are that party dance scene. That is yeah. just seared into my mind, and I completely remember now why I like pushed it out. Um, <laughs> that wasn't the that opening scene of him in the subway when he gets off the train, and all the exits are blocked off. He keeps trying to get out, and he's just stuck. That actually freaked me out. Yeah, Re I mean, just it's, it's I'm not claustrophobic, but the idea of being trapped somewhere with no way out. Right. Oh man, I had to turn it off and like watch the rest of it later because that, oh, that wow. really freaked me out because he goes up the stairs and it's covered by chain link yeah. fence. oh my god i would freak out right there There's that is that's that's very dream logic yeah stuff, yeah there's a which, lot which I, of which i really like a lot of imagery like that throughout this if uh, when you go back i think i've this is maybe the third or fourth time i've seen this now and i'm picking up on a lot more things like that and even the dialogue um where it's a lot clearer to me what they're trying to tell you as he's going through these different phases. And it's, yeah, I was very impressed with it on rewatch. Tim Robbins was great. Yeah. He's yeah. A, I was, I was, just, yeah, I was trying to look at this, where this came in his filmography and, uh, this is right in the golden era. This, this seems about the time where he was an up and comer. 
you know, it's it's pre Shawshank, but it's it's post like his like eighties comedy stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not sure if this is the one that kind of propelled him as a dramatic actor, but it seems like it might have been. Well, there's a huge bomb in the box office. Well, this yeah. we were talking about that a little bit. It came out at, right after Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Um, not right mm-hmm. after, but shortly after. Eleven and, years after, yeah. Okay, then I I was way the hell off then on my on when this came out. For some reason, I could have sworn it's in 1980. No, Obviously, it isn't. It isn't. But then, what the hell was I looking? Maybe you're dying, Kevin, and you don't know. Well, it. it's uh, <laughs> wasn't Casualties of War around this time, and yes, Casualties yeah. of War was uh, eighty nine, I think. There was a lot of Vietnam style movies coming out about the like horrors of right. Vietnam at this time, and but this isn't really. It's not at least not directly about that. It's just sort of. It's kind of like a jumping it, off point for it. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's kind of about this. A guy basically hallucinating like his life that could have been, right? Yeah. Basically, I mean, yeah. And that's that's actually one of my problems with it is whenever the movie, like in a movie, the where at the end it was all a dream. Well, then why the fuck did I watch I, it? I like why did I invest time I would, in this? I would usually agree with you, but there's I think there's a much deeper psychological exploration going on than what usually happens with it was all just a dream kind of movies. So that's what I was going to say. This, actually, kind of hint. this yeah. actually pulls it off better than most. So I kind yeah. of buy into it. It still kind of frustrates yeah. me, but this actually, I, this is one of those rare instances where they kind of pull that off. Yeah, I don't think it all comes together, but I'll, I'll definitely defend the whole like it was just a dream thing because it's it's definitely a lot deeper than that. Oh, it definitely is, yeah. But I had that same problem with like at the end of it. It's like if the expl- you know, his ex, the director's writer's explanation was, okay, this was all just within the last three seconds or so of his well, life. Well, right. You know, I, I there's think... so much. It, I don't know. To me, I think it would have been more interesting had it been. I mean, I was a very interesting movie. You know, so it's like had that his explanation been more of the okay, this actually did happen. This, you know, mm-hmm. or. I don't have any evidence to back this up, <laughs> so I'm just going to make a claim because that's what we can do now. I feel like it it is left kind of ambiguous of whether or not it was the last because there's there's just too much detail and it feels like there's parallel universes going on. I say it's you know because of so just, much. It's like he lived this life, but then in that living life, he was remembering. He was having flashbacks. To yeah. previous times within the life that I don't know. Yeah, it was so uh, this is okay. I think. Go ahead, Tom. I think the problem the problem is that they had two really interesting ideas and they couldn't commit enough to either one because they had the idea of all right, this is 1990, so we're like we're at least a decade, a little bit more removed from this the uh, Vietnam War. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and obviously even during the Vietnam War, uh, it wasn't a popular war, but a decade later, there's a lot of stuff coming out like uh, troops are being experimented on and there's a lot of stuff about psychotropic drugs and LSD, you know, and uh, uh, mental manipulation, you know, Manchurian candidate kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of that stuff happening around this time period in film. Uh, at the same time, it's about uh, dream logic. So at the very end of the film, the last scene is him. He's He's died on the the gurney in Vietnam. So uh, more concretely, it's about him, his like subconscious 
kind of sorting out all the stuff, right? But it couldn't commit to either one enough to make either one make enough sense, right? For it to be a great film. Yeah. But it's still interesting enough that it's worth remembering as a film, like looking back on. So um, I think that's its biggest problem. That was my biggest problem with it is that it, it didn't seem, it was trying to be two different things and it couldn't commit to either one. And I think part of that difficulty came because it was hard to follow the chronology of his life leading up to where he was. Mm-hmm. Um, right. His youngest son, who... Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin, which yeah, oddly enough Culkin. was not credited in this film at all. Man, when really? he... When he yeah. Had, huh. All right. When he held up the photograph and it was Macaulay Culkin, I burst out laughing. Yeah. Because yeah. um, right? at this point... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This. yeah, he's a nobody at this point in real life, you know. Right. I mean, this is yeah. right before Home Alone. The yeah. same year as Home Alone. Right before Home Alone. So he's not credited for this. So I think what happened is like in, in his actual life before the war um, right. his son died yeah yeah that created a rift between him and his wife he left her or she kicked him out whatever you know they were in this really nice house and, and he couldn't handle it anymore um he then got a job as a postman met uh jezebel jesse and started the life with her and the flashbacks were just kind of going back to different pieces in so you that, think that all happened before the yes. war? Yes. I think that all um, happened before the war. But then he was meeting with I the think, guys talking about... Yeah, he was talking about the war. Like the war, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. the only... I think no, the only oh, really, you're right. I, I don't know that. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think the that's only what really, got me. So much of the movie was post-war. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it relied... Well, I think, it had to be post-war. I think he's right. His son died the before guys. the war. Yeah, because right. he makes yeah, the Yeah, the only concrete... No, but I thought, didn't his son write him? To, I thought there was a part where he had a letter, while while he was in fatigues, had a letter from his son saying something about, like, I hope you're back soon or something like that, I thought. Um, he had two other sons. No, but it was, it was from, um, was it? It, was from it was from Gabe. It was, it was from, from Gabe. Gabe. But he, they show you him reading the note while he's in the apartment with the he's other girl. through all his... Right. But he's looking through all his... Right, he's already been implying back. Implying that... I, so, I mean, oh, I no, the son died while he was away. The, no, the, the son died before the war. That that's the only concrete piece of information. Just say that at one point. The son died before the war. The but, only concrete thing you have about him before before the war is that he had a son who died. But Kevin's right, or Patrick's right. That he uh, de- does receive that letter while he's in Vietnam from him. So, but the thing that's, is, like, when not was, established. That's not established except in the dream logic. Yeah. I gotta watch it again then. <laughs> that's yeah. No, because that's the thing. Because the one thing I remember thinking is like. The one memory he has of, like, tucking them all into bed. Right. Macaulay Culkin is clearly the youngest, and then there's yes. the two others. Yes. But then, like, later on, when they're all visiting him and he thinks he's dying again, right. they're the same age. Yeah. So you're like, okay, well, is it just that dream right. logic, okay, he just re- he always remembers them at that age? Or was it, I think, to me, I wasn't necessarily in the dream logic state, so I was like, oh, his son must have just recently, this must have been, right. like, he got back from the war, his son died, they broke up, and this was all, like, within the last year or something, because the kids okay. were clearly the same age, so. An, an uh, interesting piece of information that, and this is just from reading about it afterward, that this movie seems to draw a lot of inspiration from Dante's Inferno, and in fact, was originally called Dante's Inferno, and it was going to be a lot more about the descent into hell. So that scene where um, he is, let's see, he's, he jumps out of the car, right? He's paralyzed, and the Santa Claus steals his wallet? Yeah. Okay. So after that scene, 
he's taken into a hospital, right? Yeah. So, so that whole that whole sequence yeah, of him being strapped to the gurney and that whole sequence of him going through the hospital and then he's surrounded by these insane people and then it goes into that place where all the body parts are all over the ground. That was this movie's version of Dante's Inferno, his descent into hell. That makes sense. And that's what was okay. happening to him in Vietnam at the time. He was being strapped to the thing and put in the helicopter and all these exactly. people around him. Yeah. So, okay, that makes so sense. this is this is all a dream logic interpretation of his subconscious descent into hell and the entire thrust of the film is that he has to let go of these things that have been tormenting him even from before the war about his son dying and then about the stuff that he experienced in the war he has to let go all of all of that to escape this basic purgatory that he's put himself in and allow himself to die hmm. i remember Way to bring up the mood kevin i know now one of the the scenes aside from the the fast shaky demon heads and and the tail sex dance scene where she gets impaled by the horn somehow it was just it was oh my up. god i forgot um, about that the the one though honestly the one that stuck with me longer um like since i had seen the movie i don't know if it, it goes by really quick but as he's going into his descent into hell he, you see him look up and and there's that caged wire and there's people above him oh yeah and there's one person i'll say that his legs are like six inches long yeah but he's oh. got a full body and he's like crawling around that freaked me out yeah. for years after seeing yeah. this yeah so there was fun watching that again yeah <laughs> <laughs> so okay uh grades yes patrick a steven b nate uh b tom <laughs> i'll give it a b i'm giving it an a it helped oh, wow. up for me. This, I have a feeling if I watch this again, it would go up. Yeah. But I, there's two, I have too many questions right now to give it an A. Yeah. I need another viewing. I almost agree with you, except for the fact that I think it was just trying to do two different things at once. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. That may be the case. But I, the more I think about it, I'm like, what is this? Oh, wait. Oh. And then I start, like, the more I think about things, the more I can see what they're going for. Mm -hmm. And it's... Yeah. The more I accept the fact that the, the entire movie is a is symbolic and metaphorical, right? Which it's not necessarily a linear yes. story. I, I actually think it's interesting because in the original script, all the depictions of hell were a lot more traditional, like medieval. Yeah. Like based on Hieronymus Bosch paintings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like the demons look like cartoonish demons. And I, I think Adrian Lynn, the director, made a really interesting decision, a really good decision to make the demonic representations a lot more human yeah. yeah right a lot more spectral rather than like these you know medieval depictions of demons which would have been more cartoonish and sometimes just the simple things were the scariest like when uh it's about two-thirds of the way through and i think he'd just come back from getting his back fixed oh. and he's sitting around the house and yeah. she's like you know she's trying to tell him get out of the house and her face pops in, and they blacked out her eyes. Yeah, and she got sharp oh, teeth yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Just, and it was yeah, that was quick and simple, and it just snaps you. Yeah, it's like, holy yeah. We shit. we haven't talked about Elizabeth Pena. Yeah, I still don't I know have, what to make of her character because yeah. um, her character is one moment dismissive of him and cruel and yeah, vicious, really cruel. and the next she pulls him back in. And if yeah. I see it as a metaphorical purgatory and torture. It's brilliant, but if she is supposed to be a fantasy that he desires, and then maybe he's torturing himself with it, I I'm not sure if she's poorly written or brilliantly written is part of the yeah, problem. I, yeah, I think you're right about that. And 
I'm thinking about that like in terms of if all we really know for sure about his life from before the war was that he was married, he had three kids, and this one kid was killed horrifically, um, and then he goes to war. I kind of get the impression that before the war, he had been working with this woman, mm-hmm. and he probably had this kind of like maybe even subconscious sexual attraction to her. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like represented in in the way she's depicted in this. And it in that sense, it makes sense, like how it's like sometimes it's very, I don't know, it's it, it's either heavenly or hellish depending on the moment. Yeah. I don't it's know. Like I, I guess like... Relationship. I, <laughs> I, I, I could say a lot from personal experience, but I guess I won't. <laughs> all right. I know I barreled through them, but Nate, did you happen to get all those grades? Oh, I got them. <laughs> I think it was three Bs and two As. It gives it a B plus, which is also a zombie hand again. First, it's, it's gonna tickle thing. you, then it'll drag you down to hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now we're gonna add Jacob's Ladder to Flickchart. Uh, Flickchart is a website you can use to rank movies you've seen, uh, create lists of top tens, bottom tens. Uh, if tens. you do it often enough, you can have over a million rankings. <laughs> so, Tom, unheard as of, the, as the resident. Uh, not resident. We'll call it regional expert. Would you mind taking us through Flickchart? Ranger extraordinaire. Sure. In the corporate <laughs> sense, you'd be the SME, the subject matter expert. <laughs> I have never heard that before. Consider yourself blessed. Yeah. I hate acronyms. Does that make me like the go-to, the the guru, the the legend? Yeah, you get the idea. <laughs> does, that, does that give me some kind of synergy? There you go. <laughs> yes. Synergistic right. paradigm. <laughs> oh. uh, Jacob's Ladder, adding it to our flick chart, our first one it comes up against is our recent movie that we talked about, Tickled. Oh, oh that's a good Ladder. middle list. Yeah. I, I oh. would go Tickled. I would go Tickled here. Jacob's Ladder. Tickled. Patrick, I heard you mumble something. Oh, I said Jacob's Ladder. Sorry. Okay. Ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> good job, guys. We got him. <laughs> Which of these is more disturbing? Tickled. That's... Because Tickled's real. Yeah, that's the problem. So maybe Jacob's Ladder was real. We talk about <laughs> uh, government experiments. How do you know this didn't happen? I, I'm going to say Tickled with the right to change my vote down the road. <laughs> if I rewatch Jacob's Ladder. I kind of agree with you. The problem is that there's a lot of Jacob's Ladder that I really don't want to watch again. And it's not even the... <laughs> It's not even the demonic stuff. It's just the stuff with Elizabeth Pena. Like, those scenes of, like, where he's with her, and she's kind of like, when he first gets those photographs, oh, and, yeah. she says, and she, she says, um, basically, like, I don't like something. Makes makes sad. Yeah. I cry, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. That, as hellish as this movie is, that scene was, like, the most disturbing to me. And she burns him. And she burns him, yeah. Do you guys know what the Jacob's Ladder is in physics? No, that is something that is mm-hmm. biblical. Um, it, yeah, but, I know the theological. It, it's a number of things, but when you have the two um, metal rods and the electric arc passing between them and climbing up, oh, that's, that's a Jacob's a, ladder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the thing I thought was a little on the nose about this, because like oh, the character's name is Jacob, and oh, the, yeah. the experimental drug is called the ladder. Yeah. But it's a cool name for a movie, so yeah. yeah. This is an interesting one. Just talking about spiritual parallels, Jacob's Ladder versus Ink. 
Jacob's Ladder. Hmm. Let's see it. I've only seen that once. I'm gonna go ink. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna go Jacob's Ladder though. Just makes us stuck. I'm gonna go ink. Yeah, I'm not budging. How are ink. we stuck? I only heard three. Ink was stupid. Nate, what'd you say? I said ink. Oh, Tom, you went Jacob's Ladder? No, no Stephen, you went. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I went backwards. Yeah. I, I find the um, spiritual power parallels in that movie really interesting. Yeah. The whiskey started to win. I can't budge <laughs> right now. All right. Okay. That leaves Jacob's Ladder at number 375, which is about 37%. So did we hit 600 films? Um, hang on a sec. Yes, we are. We are at 600 movies right now. Yeah. Nice. Wow. We could retire. Be an odd number. Of money we, need. we should tire it. Exactly. Retire at movie 666. Exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. No. All right. Uh, stay tuned, and we'll be right back to talk about our next film. All right. Welcome back. Um, we are now going to move on to the second WTF War movie of the podcast. Um, it, I chose Waltz with Bashir. Um, it's a 2008 um, Israeli animated war documentary, basically. Yeah. Um, the director, Ari Fulman, um, participated in the Lebanon War. He specifically participated in the massacre that occurred at Beirut. And this film is basically his attempt to remember what exactly had happened during that massacre because he finds that he's blocked out what has happened and he doesn't remember. He only has one memory and he's basically interviews people and interviews psychologists and other people who were there in the field with him and he goes back trying to basically recreate what it is that happened, what the truth was that he experienced because he doesn't remember at this point. Um, it's an animated movie. And I've read a little bit since then on the style of animation. I guess they used Adobe Flash, actually, yeah. for a lot of this. I would swear that this was someone had take, had, had shot this all as real footage and then put a, put some type of animation. The rotoscoping. It, it yeah. is amazing yeah. watching this film. Mm -hmm. I, I've, the, the animation itself is unlike anything I've seen. Um, it just absolutely blew me away. It's just from the from the get -go, from the opening sequence, it blew me away, and it never stopped blowing me away. Um, and and I think it was a, a a choice. You can do more with animation that you can't do with the live act. You know, yeah, with, with live action. So I think his choice to recreate those past events with animation it, it worked very well because it was just something. There's no way you could. To, to try to actually just reshoot these scenes, um, especially scenes where people were dying or killed or just horrific, yeah. horrific events, the animation, I think, sort of let, at least me as the viewer, get through that yeah. in ways mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have been able to if I was actually, you know, it let you almost well, see the he true talks story. talks about that, right? About the, the, and, one guy talks about it, he viewed everything through a lens. Exactly. And that's exactly what he's doing yeah. here. Right. He, so he yeah. spoke, yeah. He, was, he was speaking with a psychologist at one point about a friend of his, and he was saying that he's like, he basically, that's, how, that's the only way he got himself through the war, was to step back, mm -hmm. disconnect, and pretend that you were watching a movie. Mm -hmm. And that's, which is kind of what he did here for the audience. Yeah. Um, Steve, I'll start with you. Um, yeah, this, this movie was affecting, to say the yeah. least. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I kind of knew, although I, I 
honestly, I don't know the history here. I don't know who was fighting who and what. And I started to look it up, but it got really complicated. Yeah. Because, like... Yeah, it is really complicated. At first, I thought they were fighting the Christian phalangists, and then they were on the same side as them. So I wasn't sure who they were actually fighting. And I didn't even realize it was... It's Israel that invaded... Palestine. Palestine. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, but at the somewhat at the behest of some members, some people in Lebanon wanted Israel to come in. Yeah, several didn't. This is the beginning so, of the PL, PLO and Yasser Arafat. Right. I was but, I was really confused about who was doing what for you know, but that didn't matter. I mean, it's just horrific war, you know, and yeah. it's always the same. So, uh, but the him trying to figure out what was going on and those scenes of them just that scene in the tank where they're just like walking along and they're just looking around they're like it's just like a day trip and they're yeah. da, 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 and all of a sudden the guy next to you just gets his neck shot out mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it all goes to hell and everybody that you were just with gets killed and it just how quickly it, it does that over and over again where just quickly goes from idyllic or just sort of you know a bunch of people hanging out to just something horrible you know when they're walking down the road and they're just walking down the road marching and you know there's tall buildings so you just know there's something bad's gonna happen but they're walking and all of a sudden they just start getting you know shot or those scenes where that scene where they're trying to blow up that car and they just end up killing innocent people yeah. and the car just keeps getting away keeps yeah. getting away they never catch the car mm-hmm. all of that is just or was, they're, they're driving through like the cornfields or whatever it was and just haphazardly firing continuously yeah, yeah. into the fields. What are we shooting. firing at? Oh, I don't know. Just, just fire. Just fire. Just shoot. Yeah. 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 Shouldn't you pray? Yeah. Pray and fire. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. It's, it, was, it was horrible. But yeah. uh, I agree. That I, I'm glad it was in that sort of animated style because it would have been harder to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe I would have, because of that, I would have actually disconnected a little bit more. So I wouldn't have felt it as much either. Uh, well, and he makes that he makes that haunting choice at the end. Yeah. To show you the images of the journalists walking around the aftermath yeah. of the massacres. And I, I admit, I, I broke down in tears in that scene. Oh, I just it, I, was, I felt sick. I felt physically sick. I was awful, you know, because you could see kids in there, and oh, it was he horrible. He said, I saw the girl, and I just saw these curls. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, it was yeah. awful. Absolutely awful. It made me, like, I I know next to nothing about what happened. Yeah, same um, here. And it's, it's one of those where I feel like I should learn about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, for a number of reasons, but just for for something like that to happen. And there's a lot of things. Every now and then, something like this movie or other things makes the world smaller mm-hmm. and uh, helps you to understand more of, of the, the atrocities that we perform upon each other for ridiculous reasons. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. Like, I part don't know this problem. war, but I think... Part it, of the problem is... I think it's... Speci- it, like... <clears throat> What he what he showed is, I think, emblematic, with the exception of the massacre specifically. But the style, of the, like you said, the, the cavalierness yeah. of why we're fighting or just firing into. The, I, I imagine that's happening in every single war that we've. Yeah, that's it's you know, just it's, war. It was, you don't really it, need exactly. To know. It was it was that right, almost that like horrific, like the, the, the commonplace of how this is just this mm-hmm. is just what war is. Yeah. Sorry, Tom, you were going to say. No, I was just saying part of the problem is that. Um, and 
I haven't. <clears throat> I've only seen about the first five minutes of this because I was having trouble with the sub subtitles. Um, but just from recent current events, even part of the problem is that grown up in the United States, we're so conditioned to be pro-Israeli. Like I, I had no idea that any of this took place either. Yeah. Right? You know, the fact that Israeli troops could commit atrocities as bad as anything from Palestinians or Arabic nations is. And I was afraid that, like, I was watching the beginning of this, and I was afraid that um, this is going to be so, a bit of propagandist, you know, pro-Israeli propaganda. And uh, It's a very, very honest depiction of literally what happened. Like, I'm surprised he was so willing to. Yeah. And, and I've, I've wanted a. And his guilt. Well, they, they even have that line where he says, you know, you, basically you became the Nazis. You know, yeah. For, yeah. For, you know, uh, yeah. someone who's Jewish to say that is, a, you know, like yeah. we became the Nazis. It's like you, you are the devil. While you guys are talking, I was kind of like half listening, half reading about the whole like massacre. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm crying just reading about it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it's any any time you have a genocide at that level, it's hard. It's one of those things that's so big and unfathomable. Yeah, um, you can't wrap your head around it. It's yeah. Just, and it's hard to be like, and this is humanity. Just right. uh, for all the wonderful things we do. Yeah. Yeah. My God. How does it get that? How does it get that? Like, can do this to the, other humans. The yeah. question that we, you know, think of, that can never happen here in the U.S., right? So I'm sure everybody there happen. thought yeah. the same thing yeah. before it happened, right? Like, yeah. that can never happen here. So how does it get to that point? I don't understand how it even well, but it, it wasn't. To that point. It wasn't that long ago that we had, like, lynching in this country. Yeah, well, I agree. And how does yeah. it get to that point, you know? Yeah. I just can't fathom it getting to the point where you're, you're slaughtering people not because of, you know, well, for any reason, but even not for some noble cause, but just because of who they are. Yeah. Fundamentally, that's it. Not because of, you know, you they they took your, you know, golden bowl and you want your golden bowl back, so you're killing them to get it back. You know, that kind of thing. It's just because of you are different person. Mm-hmm. That's all. I don't, I don't understand that. Well, it was like uh, Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. Because you're just, oh, but you're a Hutu and you're a Tutsi. Yeah, and they weren't even different. Just slightly longer nose. Yeah. That's it. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. Well, and if you want to, I mean, not to make you continually more angry, but um, Ariel Ariel Sharon, who was found respo- responsible for this, because I did a little bit of um, research after watching it. He was the defense minister at the time, and they, they determined he was responsible, he knew about this, resigns as defense minister, but he will then serve three terms as prime minister for Israel. That's what I remember when he, on, in the movie, he said something like, I, I called Eric Sharon, and I'm like, yeah. oh, would that be prime minister Sharon? And he's like, yeah. oh, and I didn't even t- make he that eventually connection. was the prime, and that's that was the guy he called and said, "Hey, they're massacring people." He's like, and he he was like, "Oh yeah, oh. yeah, okay, we'll look into it." Right. And that's what, yeah, that was, sleep. and oh. he he wound up yeah wow. became the prime minister later. And and growing up, and again, like I was talking about, you know, during tabloid, I was talking about growing up in the evangelical community. Yeah, yeah. You're you're conditioned to be totally pro-Israel. Like if if you're no not pro-Israel, then you're not pro-America. You're not pro-Christian. It's like, oh yeah. And there's still a lot you, of that you know, sentiment. Yeah, oh, yeah, this is all just this is all just nationalist nonsense. You yeah. could, Americans, Israelis, were, any nation were guilty of these atrocities. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. I watched a um because this because this is what I do. I watched a Korean movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Wow. No, you're really pushing your limits. <laughs> I know. 
Uh, guess who it starred, guys? Guess guess who was in it? <laughs> King Hosan. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The guy who I love. Well, because I I just because I just basically follow his his filmography, and I had no idea they um their own country around this time, 1983, were doing their own Tiananmen Square, but because they're our allies, we never hear about it. Yeah. And they massacred 8,000 people. They basically killed an entire city. Um, and it was, it was this story about this German journalist and this uh, taxi driver who and how they actually got this story out. Um, but, you know, it's that's the same thing with like when you um, the look of silence about Indonesia and the Indonesian yeah. genocide, because there are allies, we don't hear about them. Right. So what, because what difference is there? Yeah. Like what what makes us what makes being an American morally superior to to being a, like a, a Palestinian or a Saudi or an Indonesian? Yeah, it doesn't. It's just this. The, it's just that a lot of this stuff is hidden from us, and we. But we're all completely capable of it. And it's watching movies like this that remind me of that. Um, and they bring me that anger and guilt, and um, that I think every now and then we we have to we have to feel and somehow come to terms with. Yeah, and it struck me. I mean, just I mean, from his standpoint, the honesty of. I mean, he basically participated in yeah. this, and he mm -hmm. he was struggling yeah. with how to, he didn't try to like whitewash that or anything. And, you know, he was in that, the people who was firing the flares so that they could yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. But he repressed her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He rep yeah. yeah. And that's interesting because it makes me wonder like, what did I just watch? I watched Das Boot recently, right. um, which is basically, you know, the protagonists of that film are, they're not Nazis, but they're, they're fighting for the Nazi cause. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But these are just regular guys, just like you and me. And they've been pushed into this war and they're fighting for this party that they don't necessarily believe in, but they love their country and they're fighting for the guy beside them, you know, and it just makes me like reminds me that like, yeah, most of the guys that died for the Nazis were just regular German guys. Yeah, they weren't they weren't Nazis themselves. And they and they have to if they didn't die, which would almost be merciful in the war, they'd have to live with the idea that they help perpetrate these things that happen. Right, they supported them, yeah. This is not stuff you want to try and uh, reconcile when you have had a lot of whiskey. <laughs> no, it's very true, very true. I, yeah. I'm feeling very emotional about all this right now. Yeah, yeah this was, and this was, no, this was nominated for an Oscar, right? Yes. It was nominated so, for Best Foreign Film, but it lost to uh, Departures, which is a Japanese Japanese right. drama. It's interesting because I, I, I couldn't remember. I knew it was nominated. I couldn't remember who was nominated for documentary, animation, or foreign film, which, like, any one of those. Yeah. 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 No, I'd love, like you said earlier, I'd, I'd love the animated style yeah. uh, of this. I've seen it in a couple of things. Um, Scanner Darkly yeah. is like this. Yeah. I think I, it also I, I gives really you. like it. Because it's animated, it gives you like which they describe in the film that idea of it gives you that lens so that you you can approach it and it allows you to digest it appropriately. Mm -hmm. Because if if this was just a piece of journalism and we we knew about it, a lot of us would in a way stay away from it because we yeah. we would just go read the Wikipedia article and be like, oh, that's terrible, and it doesn't become this affecting moment. Through the animation, it allows us to gain some distance and makes us start having to interpret it and start questioning it. And then it's, it is a moment of brilliance when he gives us just that minute and a half of the real images. Because it's, it's it hard. To, 
Yeah. We have to come, we come to terms with it at that point. This happened. It was real. Yeah. All right. So this guy, this guy who actually participated, repressed it so much that he didn't re remember certain things, right? Yeah. That he actively participated in. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because, and, and again, another movie I was watching recently, which is Persona. Um, there's there are some shots in there of the immolation. You know, this, these guys, these Tibetan monks that set themselves on fire. Yeah. Uh, like I've known about this for decades that, that these guys did this, but there's like actual footage of this and uh, it shows footage of this like of guys that are on fire. And then like there's this image of this guy falling over and he puts his arm out and like he's on fire while this is happening. He puts his arm out to keep himself from falling. And I'm like, like, I would never want to watch this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. some without something kind of buffering me from the total reality of it. Yeah. You need some creative context to allow you to to literally approach this you know? yeah what the fuck patrick <laughs> that was the theme <laughs> yeah i think you hit the nail on the head it's intense yeah all right um unless there's anything else to add we'll go to grades steve hey kevin hey Nate. hey tom you said you only saw the first little bit i've only seen the first okay. yeah until the dialogue started so you're gonna give it a D? You can't give it an A because the, no. yeah. Uh, I, 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 I definitely, I definitely, I've, I've wanted to watch this since um, the Oscars, where this was brought up. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Um, so with four A's, I'm guessing it got an A. Yeah, A or B plus or B plus. It could be a B plus. It's a gold star. Could be a mummy hand star or zombie hand. It could be the zombie hand holding a gold star. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, make it so. I think that might is that your first gold star? I believe that is my first gold star. Is it really? Yes. Yes. I've had the brown star before, but I believe that is my first gold. That is his first gold. Yeah. I'm done, gentlemen. I'm out. Genocide to get a gold star. Is it worth it? Here you go. Yeah. Patrick, you gotta... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh drop the mic. Mic nice. drop. There you go. Did you hear that, Tom? It doesn't have as much effect. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't have as much effect. It doesn't have No, it doesn't. I'll try not to ruin your gold, sir. I can't imagine, like, knowing what to know about it. I can't imagine not... Yeah, I, I yeah. It would be really hard to come away from this and be like, you know, I just didn't find their performances realistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm just going on like five minutes of the film and yeah. a Wikipedia article, and I'm already like almost in tears. So yeah. yeah. Okay, um, Tom, can you throw it on flip chart for us? Sure. Awesome. Uh, oh, between sobbing uncontrollably, way to be selfish, Patrick. That's what I do. I'm telling you, man. Reading about this stuff when you've had a lot of whiskey is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. no, it's not. That's what I told uh, Nate. I, would, I was asking, Nate said he started watching this, and I'm like, so what kind of movie is that? And he started saying a few things. I'm like, so don't drink while you're watching this movie. Yeah. 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 No, this is yeah. very – the closest film I, I can like compare this to, which, which is fictional, is like Grave of the Fireflies. Like, yeah. It's adding waltz with Bashir to our flick chart. First film it comes up against is again another from our WTF month. Tickled. Waltz with Bashir. Bashir. Yeah. Yeah. Waltz with Bashir. Unanimous. Waltz with Bashir is now up against podcast favorite, The Winter Soldier. Uh, Waltz with Bashir. Yeah. Waltz with yeah. Bashir. Waltz with... It's been pretty hard to beat. Uh... It is. Yeah. This is going to rise pretty quick. Yeah. 
Unless it comes up against Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> um, Waltz with Bashir is now up against Citizen Kane. Waltz with Bashir. I didn't see it. Yeah, Waltz with Bashir. Waltz with Bashir. All right. Waltz with Bashir beats Citizen Kane. It's up against Papillon. Papillon. I, I still say Waltz with Bashir. I'm going to uh, go Waltz. Uh, Waltz. Yeah, Waltz with Bashir. It's now up against the Imitation Game. Oh, that gets tougher. Now it's getting into its own class. Uh, Waltz with Bashir. I, I, I'd go Imitation Game here. Partly because it's about computers and it's something I know and, I'm, you know, I'm going to go more Waltz. Personal. And I know it might be the, just the proximity effect of, yeah. have, you know, but right now. It, it's okay, Steve. You don't have to. You don't have to attach any guilt to that decision. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go with the European problems over the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Imitation game is also an immensely like compassionate film. Compassionate film, yeah. 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 and it also treats yeah. his sexuality. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really hard to do a film that splits up time like that and has multiple framing stories. Yeah, that Technique-wise, was wise. That's incredibly difficult to do. It's often often fails. That's actually what, what that film, like, head and shoulders above most biopics. It's just because of the style, like, the narrative style of it. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of biopics try that. A lot of movies try that. Um, I Sleep in the Barn, that silly movie does that. And it does it wrong. Um, Shut up. <laughs> you know it does it wrong. No, Sweetland is a good movie. It's not an imitation game. Love it doesn't, movie. doesn't start until, like, 20 minutes in. All right. <laughs> um... I'm going to go Waltz with Bashir, though. Waltz with Bashir wins over the imitation game. We are really into our uh, great movies about genocidal themes, I guess. <laughs> That's a whole, sec- a whole section on a flick chart. Is this a block of genocide movies? <laughs> it might be, because it's like the Tarawanda's up here. And... Anyway, uh, Waltz with Bashir versus The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't see The Wind. That's yes, another no. movie that explains to you, like, Definitely from the uh, American standpoint, we always get like Britain's picture, and we always hear the IRA is like much more terrorist yeah, and things like this. Yep. And you always wonder like, oh, and then even so, you might see like in the name of the father, and they're just like this rogue faction of Ireland, and you never have a sense of why they started up. Yeah. Um, the wind that shakes the barley totally puts these complex geopolitical issues. And shows you why they happened, why the Irish kind of fought against each other, these two sides, brothers killing brothers, how the IRA happens, and it does in such a compelling yeah. story. I have to go the wind that shakes the barley. That movie just is is staggering. These are both haunting, haunting films. Okay. I've got one for the wind that shakes the barley. I'm gonna go Waltz with Bashir. I think I I agree with Nate. Um, but more, I'm choosing Winchick's Barley more because of what Patrick said, the proximity effect. I need to give it a little more time before I uh, yeah. elevate it to that status. I, I usually err on the side of like the enduring quality of a film. I, mean, I don't think I'm going to come back to Wells with this year and be like, what? It was actually a slapstick comedy. Oh, well, <laughs> but, you know, right. I still need to give it a little time. Yeah. I think when that shakes the Barley is from like first year, is it? It was early on, yeah. Yeah. At least yeah. Maybe yeah. Second year. Second year, because I, I watched it on the podcast. Okay. okay. So that's yeah. two to one. Uh, Waltz with this year is up against 50 50. 50 50. Waltz. I didn't see it. Yeah, Waltz with this year. 50 50 is one of those. It's strange because it's a 
it's about cancer, but it's one of those go-to movies for me. Like it's it's like strangely comforting for me to watch yeah. that film. Yeah, oh, I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but Waltz with Waltz with Bashir beats Fifty Fifty, and ooh, ooh, okay, Waltz with Bashir versus Grave of the Fireflies. Mm. Uh, Waltz with Bashir. I still haven't seen Grave of the Fireflies. But these are both just kids' movies, right? Because they're animated. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna watch them with Molly tomorrow. <laughs> Scar. I, w- I would be really worried about kids watching The Grave of the Fireflies yeah, because it's a yeah. Studio Ghibli film and it's about these yeah. two kids. But I'm o- more okay with them watching Grave of the Fireflies, but the discussions you'd have to have afterwards. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna go Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. Same here. I'm gonna go Grave of the Fireflies. I obviously I have a harder time with childhood death. Um, I mean, I know it's it's in both, but it's more of a focus. Yeah, that's why I'm. I, I actually started. I started watching Grave of the Fireflies at one point, and I got maybe ten minutes in, and I was just like, I'm not prepared yeah. for this film. Yeah, and I turned it off. So I'm just waiting for Steve. I already said Waltz with the Sheriff. Hey, oh, I'm Waltz. sorry. And Patrick, you have not seen. No, I haven't seen Fireflies. No, okay. Saving it That's to watch to with one. his daughter. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, Waltz with Bashir versus Inception. Can lighten up a little bit. Waltz with Bashir. I don't think I saw Inception. This one, I just feel guilty for not picking Waltz with Bashir. <laughs> it is. It's, 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 it's a Schindler's List effect. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm a terrible person, so I want to be entertained. <laughs> It took it took me a long time to allow Schindler's List to drop out of my top twenty on Flickchart, and I think it's I think it's moved somewhere toward the bottom of my top fifty. But yeah, yeah, I'm gonna pick Inception just because it's fun. I like it. No, I'm going to Inception as well, and because because I feel like the main reason I'm picking Waltz with Bashir is that Schindler's List effect. I like my first instinct was Inception, but then I I felt bad for not picking Waltz. Yeah. I don't actually think it's better. Kevin, did you say something? Well, I went Waltz with Bashir. Okay. I don't have any problem with the Schindler's List effect. <laughs> no, actually, I liked Inception, but not as much as you guys did. And uh, Patrick, you have not seen Inception? Nope. Why are you even on the podcast if you can't? <laughs> what? I'm just here for moral support. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. You're filling my role for the first three years. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. No comment. Whew, that was a journey. Waltz with Bashir is now number 13 in our flick chart. Holy shit. Damn. Wow. Well, Patrick. So, Patrick you, like, has. Scrape the bottom of the barrel, and then when you yeah. shoot for it, you just like. What really? You pull a stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did he pick? Uh, 12 Angry Men? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it's exactly like that. <laughs> when Patrick picked this, I didn't say anything. I was, I'm kind of curious, like, what led you to pick this, like, to this movie? Oh, I was, I literally was like Googling W, like weird war movies or like strange war movies. Like, I found yeah. a list of like weird movies, and one of them was Waltz with Bashir, and said it was about the Lebanon War. I'm like, okay, so that's a weird war movie then. Right. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. I mean, yeah. Okay. So that was. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because when you picked, I didn't say anything because I just wanted to see what happened, but like, I knew how, when this came out, I knew how it was regarded, you know, around the time of the Oscar season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like an animated documentary war film is not something you see a lot. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, you you got one in the top twenty, man. Mm-hmm. Nice. And you can you can uh, credit the Lebanon War with the assist, I guess. <laughs> That's what I usually feel good about. That. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
I usually give a lot of props to Beirut. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's well, we don't want to end the evening on a somber note. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess we will be back to talk with you about what we will be talking about on the next podcast. When we're talking about whiskey. I have the pick for next podcast, and uh, that means I also get to pick a theme. And so I've been wanting to see The Green Room for quite a while. This is one of Anton Yelchin's last movies. It has Imogen Poots, which she's, her phone's just, her name's just fun to say, and uh, Patrick Stewart as a villain. And I remember when this came out, it was, oh, yeah. uh, everybody was talking about how great a villain he was. Uh, so I, I've been wanting to try to get this on the podcast. I haven't watched it yet, so I have no idea what to expect. But okay. I, I've heard good things. And uh, I figured, well... Has, has anybody else seen this? No, I've not. No, but I, I wanted to see it. Okay, I've yeah. seen this. I saw this, um, yeah, because it's, it's going on October, so it was just about two years ago. Because I watched this as one of my like October horror movies, watching one a day. Oh, okay. Mm. And uh, it's very... Yeah, it's it's very intense. I'll be interested to see what you guys think about it. Well, um, I, I decided to get real complicated and sort of heady with the theme, so I went with green. <laughs> and my favorite shade of green is pine green. <laughs> so, so I am picking um, the place beyond the pines. Yes. All right. All right, got one. Um, um, no, really, I just I just watched Blue Valentine recently, and it was we've done it on the podcast like 2011 or something like that. Yeah, you screamed yes after watching it. No, okay, <laughs> let me explain. He's <laughs> doing. Um, no, 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 take too I, long. Let me sum up. I find no, I finally watched it, and it was such a it, it's a hard movie to get through, but it was so so good. So I'm really excited to watch uh, another one from this director. All right, and so that's what we'll be watching. <laughs> <laughs> next time <laughs> and talking about yeah, next time that's what we'll we talk about talking what we about yeah we're professional <laughs> <laughs>
It's all over your now. No, yeah. there, there's an article, a guy put an article, and he's, he started like looking at his Netflix versus his right. girlfriend's Netflix, yeah. and the poster they show for the same movies, the, move, the poster they, they would show for his movies right. was always like a girl in chains, or a girl in distress, <laughs> or a girl screaming, uh, and for her, it was like, movie? yeah, it, was, Just, it would be the same movie, right. it would be like a couple together, okay. it would make it look like a romantic comedy kind yeah. of thing. And he's like, what does this say about me? It's yeah. like, like, I'm not into S&M or anything. Yeah. I don't know why it's always this, but yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. And he, he just, he goes through and he shows the differences of like what movies come up first and mm-hmm. even the same movies, what posters, even the synopsis is different. Wow. For, for the same movie. Sorry. For each of them. Hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't realize it goes that crazy. Yeah. 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 I could see like every movie has two or three. Posters. posters. Yeah. So I can see one being one. tailored to a different person. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. But to rewrite yeah. the synopsis. But even the synopsis is. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of What's times, that? I'll uh, I'll go into Netflix and I'll I'll type in like two letters, any random two letters, to see what pops up. Yeah. It it just keeps suggesting the same boring shit in a yeah. different category. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like apparently there's new releases and just added are completely different. Yeah. Yep. yep. How? And why does it not come up with what I was just watching first? 